Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. We are continuing with our series in during, this, during the Christmas season and continue with the series of the story of Christmas. And so today I have a, a bit of an interesting title on this. And, and what I called today or the title of today's message is this, The Horrifically Wonderful Disruptions of God. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but sometimes God disrupts our plans. And the reason why I put the word in there horrifically, because sometimes it can feel scary. It's happened in our lives with the journey of my family and I. I'm sure it's happened in your lives. But we need to know this, that God wants to disrupt our plans and disrupt our lives so that he can do greater things in us. Amen? And so as we come to the Christmas story, we come across a situation that is, that is just that. It is a horrifical Horrifical, I just made that one up. It's a horrifically wonderful disruption of God. But before I get into this message, I do, uh, please hear me today. Everything that happens in our lives is not God disrupting our lives. Please hear me today. A lot of problems we have in our lives, we just bring on ourselves. If I was to say, hey, raise your hand if you ever brought a problem on yourself in your own life. Amen. That's all of us have. So a lot of times, the, the, uh, the problems that we have or the, the disruptions in our lives are from our own decisions. They're from um, other people on the planet. And just so you know, we live in a broken world. We live in a broken, uh, broken world. We grew up in brokenness. The only perfect human beings that ever walked the earth were Adam and Eve. But then they blew that when they sinned. So ever since Adam and Eve, they've passed on to us a brokenness of their DNA. So people that think theologically, no, that's not true. We, in God, everything's perfect, okay? But Jesus had to die on a cross for you. Every, every human being from the Garden of Eden had a DNA of Adam and Eve's brokenness. And so we're going we're gonna to continue to walk this out together. So just so you know, you're not perfect. So can you turn and tell someone you're not perfect? Go and tell them. Don't yell it at them, just tell them, my gosh. No, I'm just kidding. Because we're not perfect. And so we live in a broken world, so things that happen in our lives is not always God doing something. So please hear me today. What I do know is this, is that in our own mistakes, in our own brokenness, when someone hurts us and we hurt someone else, we serve a God who can come in and restore and bring life to those broken situations. Amen? But today, specifically, I want to talk to you about the horrific, horrifically wonderful disruptions of God in our own lives. We're going to look at the story of when the angel appeared to Mary, which I, I talked a little bit about this last week, but he appeared to Mary, a teenager, a virgin, engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. So we're going to talk about the disruptions of God. Luke chapter 1 Starting verse 26, in the sixth month of, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which is a, another side story, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David, which is important to understand that, but we won't get into that today. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. 
confused and disturbed. Everybody say that with me. Confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think. She tried to wrap her head around what in the world's going on. What could the angel mean? And then the angel says, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of God or the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever and ever and ever, and his kingdom will never end. Everybody say amen. And it goes on to say, Mary asks the angel, how can this happen? How can this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded. Listen to Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. In this account of God disrupting Mary and Joseph. Oh, you hear the story. Once you start to think about it, it's very obvious this was a disruption to Mary and Joseph's plans. This was something they didn't see coming. This is something they never thought would be possible. And in this account, God disrupted Mary and Joseph and disrupted their lives, disrupted how, where they were thinking they were going, disrupted everything about their lives. And so what can we learn from this Passage today in this text today, I'll get straight into this because I want to talk to you about the truths of God's disruptions. Number one, God's disruptions rarely make any sense in the present. God's disruptions rarely make any sense in the present. For even the religious Jewish leaders at the time, they had their plans disrupted by God during Christmas. They had been praying for a Messiah, which means the anointed one. They've been praying for a Savior. And as they look back at the prophets, they said, oh, this is what the Savior is going to do. This is the plans that God has for the Savior. This is the Messiah. And they were, they were praying that God would send them a Savior, but they, didn't, they weren't looking for a spiritual Savior. They were looking for a political Savior, a political Messiah. But they had plans. They had a trajectory of what they thought God was going to do and how he was going to do it. They wanted somebody to come in and overthrow the, the Roman Empire. They were looking for a spiritual savior. They were looking for somebody to drain the swamp is what they were doing. A little joke. There. Okay, we move on. All right. They were looking for someone to come and overthrow the Roman oppression and the Jewish nation that was oppressing the Jewish nation. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And Jesus shows up and he says these things like, love your enemy, do good to those who despise you, pray for those who persecute you, return good for evil. This is not the way the things went sometimes under the law. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, that was good. But then he says this, Jesus says this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wait a minute, time out. These religious leaders had studied 
the Torah. They had studied the prophets. They read into this, and they had already said, this is what God's going to do. This is what the Savior's going to look like. And all of a sudden, they cannot wrap their heads around that this is the Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament. And so, therefore, they reject it. They resist it because it did not make sense to them. And just so you know, God does things like this all the time that just don't make sense to you. Do you know that? Have you ever been living life just as normal and then something happens or God speaks or says something or challenges something in your life that our natural mind just cannot grasp? We cannot understand it. We hear stories all the time of this happening to people. Someone's asked to go in the mission field and so they quit everything or they sell everything and they go. Or maybe someone sells their house and and they downgrade. You think, why are you doing that? The economy is great. I don't know. God spoke to me. doesn't make sense. Or maybe someone just moves to another country. They go to another city. This happened to Cheryl and I. God disrupted our plans, has disrupted our plans a lot throughout our lives. I'll share with you just a little bit of them. Through Baba College, we were on staff at um, Youth for Christ in San Antonio. I was a youth pastor. And after graduation, here's what's part of my journey. God spoke to us and told us to come to Arvada and to serve Faith Bible Chapel. That's what the Lord spoke to us out of Bible College. So we resigned from all these different ministries and Youth for Christ. I was a staff at the college, so I resigned from that and from the church and resigned from that. And so we resigned from all of our responsibilities. And then in the middle of resigning to, for everything, a week after we made all the announcements, my precious little wife comes to me and says, I'm pregnant. Well, this is not in my plan. So then we thought, but you know what? It must not be God's will because God would never want us to give up our health insurance and move. That doesn't make sense. But we moved to Arvada anyway. We lived in the basement of my in-laws. We were basement dwellers in our early years of marriage. But we thought this is only going to be for a short time because God wouldn't call us from something secure and and provision and and activity and ministry. He wouldn't call us all the way here to Arvada and have us live in a basement. It's just a matter of time. We kept waiting. We kept praying. And nothing happened. But we began to serve in the church. And I just thought, you know, something in ministry is going to open up. Something in ministry is going to open up. And guess what? It didn't. So I worked at a couple, couple different places, and then I saw one day there was an opening here at the church at Faith Bible Temple for the youth pastor. I said, this is it. This is what God brought us here for. So I came in, applied, went through all the interview process, met with everybody, and guess what? I did not get the job. They picked somebody else. Then I had to come to church and see that other youth pastor walking around. Disrupt, that's not in my plan, God. I didn't get it, didn't understand. Why would God call us? Why would do this? Why would he do that? It didn't make any sense. And a couple months later, that youth pastor didn't work out. Well, duh. And then I was hired. So that's, that's how the Lord worked it out. But then we were, <laughs> that's funny, actually. Then we were here on staff from 2003. And then around 2008, the Lord was speaking to Cheryl and I about, taking a step and pursuing missions. That didn't make sense. Things were secure. 
We were part of a great church. We were, we were serving, part of the leadership staff. and I, I, We were loving life and loving what we were doing. But, the, it, but all of a sudden, God was prompting us to pursue, to step out, to resign with nothing on the other side of the resignation. But then God opened a door and we started serving in England. And this is what we did. We sold everything on this side of the pond. We moved over there. We, start, we started all over. We were serving in a church. In a, in a, about, it was 20 minutes west of London in a cobblestone British village that was beautiful and proper and wonderful. It was amazing. It was great. The church was growing. We were getting favor within the, in the nation. I was having speaking opportunities in other areas and church plants and a couple in London. It was, um, it, was, it was going perfect. This is why, God, you told us to come here. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, God spoke to us to come back to Arvada. This doesn't make sense. I had people tell, well, why would God send you there and then bring you back? Why didn't he just keep you here? I'm, I don't know. Shut up. Leave me alone. Just trying to follow God. It didn't make any sense. But we came back here as God, through a series of events, opened up a door, and we were invited to come back as the missions pastor. So we came back to do missions. And then all of a sudden, one thing led to another thing, but none of it made any sense, but we obeyed. He, God disrupted our plans, what we thought was. He disrupted it. It didn't make any sense. And now, after a series of events, I'm serving here as the pastor. Why? I, I, it makes no sense why I'm here. And you're like, well, we could have told you that. But anyway, <laughs> God disrupts our plans and he disrupts us and he wants to get us moving on his plan. His ways are not our ways. I hope you understand that. And so when God all of a sudden disrupts us, it doesn't make sense. And I believe that Mary felt the same way. Her trajectory, where she was going, the angel disrupts her life and changes all of our plans. What we know about Mary, she's probably 14, 15, 16 years old. We know in the culture, in the Jewish culture, in the Middle Eastern culture, that was the age when women would be, would be pledged to be married, which was the case for Mary. She was pledged to be married to Joseph. And I want you to try to understand where Mary's coming from and what's going on in her mind. What's going on in her heart leading up to getting married? And she's been waiting on this. And she's a young woman. And she's naturally processing that she's preparing herself for marriage. She's thinking, what's it going to be like? She's talking to her mom about, hey, what kind of wedding? What are we going to do? And what kind of flowers are we going to have? And what am I going to wear? And what are we going to eat? And checking with her dad to make sure there was enough wine at the wedding. Because little does she know, 30 years later, it would be pretty cool. Jesus would show up and, and do something great at a wedding. But they're trying to figure it all out. And she was saying, she was probably just like, you know, a lot of people getting ready to get married, brides, or you start saying your new name, what it's going to be out loud, and you're like, that sounds really weird. And you write it, and you're like, that looks weird. But you keep doing it because you're excited. And her heart was, it was totally fixed on, I am going to be married. She's wondering, am I going to have a boy first? Am I going to have a girl first? Then out of nowhere. An angel appears and disrupts all of her plans. This was not the trajectory where she was heading. This left her with more questions than answer, answers. And so here, it's the, it's the same thing with Joseph as well. 
He's planning his future. He's making sure he has enough money and savings. He's getting his home in order so that he can, he can take care of, a, of his new bride. And, and all of a sudden, everything changes. And his world's blown up. This wasn't supposed to happen. And now he's having to navigate this, the opinions of other people. And Scripture says that Mary told him, and at first he didn't, he didn't believe her. Because it says that he decided in his heart to go ahead and break off the engagement. But because he was a man of integrity, he was going to do it quietly. And he was going to change his life because of this disruption. So for Mary, this, this plan doesn't make sense. This disruption doesn't make sense. The angel letting her know, okay, Mary, you're going you're to get pregnant before the wedding. Uh, okay, and it's not going to be Joseph's child. Uh, okay, but don't get upset. Because this will be a miracle. It's never been done before. It'll never be done ever again. And we're going to call it a virgin birth. She's thinking, what? I can't wrap my head around this. And by the way, the child you're going to be carrying, just so you know, it's the God of the universe. So, so no pressure. Like, this makes no sense. But the truth is this. And when God disrupts our plans, it never hardly ever makes sense in the present. And this is what we need to know about God's disruptions. Another truth about God's disruptions is number two, when God disrupts our plans, he is leading us to something much better. That's what you need to understand. So when we feel like God's disrupting us, he's, in, he's inviting us, he's often inviting us to something higher and better. And we find this all throughout scripture. That's what God did with Moses. He disrupted Moses with the burning bush and invited him to become the deliverer of God's people. When Jonah was running from God, God disrupted Jonah with a storm. He was tossed overboard. He was swimming to shore and a great fish swallows him. And God invites him and disrupts his pathway to preach repentance in Nineveh. And once he does, the whole city is saved. The Apostle Paul, this is a great one. The Apostle Paul, he's on, a, he's on a, a, a ship voyage. He's on his way to another place. And all of a sudden, a storm kicks off. And he's off the, the island of Malta. And the, and the whole ship breaks up. Nobody is lost, which is a miracle. Over 200 men, souls on board, swim to shore. So they finally get to shore, swims for his life, crawls up on the beach. They're all cold. Let's build a fire. They build a fire, and here's Paul. Over there by the fire, a viper comes up, bites him in the arm. He shakes it off like he's thinking, man, what a night this is, this is right now. Like, thanks, God. Shipwreck, viper bite. But what happens is, is the natives of Malta, they see this happen with the viper. They think he must be a god. They begin to worship it. He says, no, 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 you're not going to worship me. Let me tell you about the one true God. And then he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And that whole nation is saved. And today it is considered a Christian nation because of what God did with Paul on the shores of Malta. God invited him to something greater. It didn't seem like it, but he disrupted his pathway and brought him into something greater. The cross of Jesus Christ was never in the plans of the disciples. Matter of fact, when Jesus was talking about it, Peter was like, no way, Jesus. I mean, these disciples thinking about it, they were living the dream ministry. They were traveling. They were doing crusades. 
Everyone knew their name. They were close to Jesus. Thousands of people would show up and, and listen to, to Jesus and they were part of it. I mean, they were seeing healings and demonic spirits being cast out. Talk about the dream life. I mean, they were getting coins from a mouth of a fish, multiplication of bread. They were known all over. And then Jesus dies on a cross. This what, what in the world? This is a disruption. And they were scattered and they ran for their lives. This was never in their plans. And God disrupted their plans. But then Jesus rose from the dead. And they were commissioned to heal the sick, to preach the gospel and reach the world. That's actually why we're here today. Because what, what God did to disrupt their plans set them up for something that was so much greater than they ever thought possible. And so God's seemingly horrific disruption of the cross was this incredible invitation to something way better. And God disrupts all their plans, but he was leading them to something better. And here's the truth about God's disruptions in our lives. Now hear me on this. We all want the something better, but we're not too crazy about the disruptions to get there. We do. We want God to do it our way and not disrupt us from our plans. God, we want you to come in alignment with our plan. This is what I want you to do. God, I want you to move in my life, but I'd like for you to run it by me first so that I can approve of it because I don't want any disruptions because things are going really good. God, I want my marriage to prosper, but I'd like to let you know how that's going to happen because they're the ones that really need to change, not me. I don't want you to disrupt, you know, kind of my, my, kind of my gig that I, go, I got going on in my marriage, but definitely disrupt them. God, I want my spiritual life to flourish. I want to be on fire. God, I want to have a conviction and a, and a passion for you like, I, like I, I've never had before. But God, I want to set the terms to what makes me feel comfortable. God, I want your blessing on my finances, but I, I don't want to tithe and I don't want to, to obey scripture and give regularly to the church. So I'm going to propose another way because I don't want you to disrupt my life and how I'm living. But I want the better. I want the blessing. I want the provision. But I don't want the disruption. God, I want your spirit to move in my church. And oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But I want you to do it with my songs that I want to sing. And I want you to do it with the messages that I want to be preached. I want you to do it with, with the lighting in the room that I want in the room. I want you to do it with, with exactly what I want, what used to be, what I like, or what I want to be, or what this church does. But so if you could just run what your spirit wants to do by me so that I could approve of it. Because I don't want to be disrupted from what I'm not comfortable with. Because God, you want me to be happy. God, I, I want you to do miracles in my life. God, I want you to use me. But I don't want to change the way I think. I don't want to change the way how I do things. God, I, I want things to be different. But I don't want to do anything different. And God many times has to disrupt our lives. Because he loves us. And he wants to give us actually what we all desire. And that is God's best for our lives. 
I even believe there are probably those who rebuke and pray against God's disruptions because we think that must be the devil because that doesn't make any sense to me. There's no way that God would, would, would do something that I can understand. When really it is God wanting to break into our lives, wanting to make us uncomfortable, wanting to disrupt our, our everyday life, wanting to disrupt how we think about, about God, about, about ourselves, about our call, about what God has for us, about our future, about his financial provision for our lives. And really it's God wanting to do something new significant and powerful in our lives. But just like every person in the Bible, the supernatural breakthroughs in people's lives always came after a battle that they fought. And the best thing for us as believers to walk in, we want the better. The best thing for us to do to achieve the better and, and reach the better is for us to be open and sensitive and humble and to see that disruptions in our lives could be God bringing us to something better, more significant, more fulfilling, more impactful, and allow God to lead you to do things through your life in a much higher way, in a much better way that you could ever ask or think. But here's the reality. It will require sacrifice. You think Mary and Joseph had the sacrifice? Through God's disruptions in their life, absolutely. Their reputation was tarnished. All their dreams that they planned, it will require sacrifice for you to achieve the better. Humility. Here's the other reality. If you're going to achieve all that God has for your life, let me just promise you this, you will face ridicule. And here's the Here's the most unfortunate thing. You will face ridicule and be misunderstood by those closest to you. By people in the church, by your own family. You'll be gossiped about, but in your heart, it's going to be worth it. Because God's going to lead you to a better place. The angel of the Lord appears to Mary and says, I've got something different for you. She naturally was trying to wrap her mind around it. That's why it says she was confused. And the angel said this to her in verse 30. He said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. And maybe when she heard favor, she thought, oh, wait a minute, favor. This means what it means probably, maybe this meant to her what it means to most of us. When we say, God, we want your favor, what we're saying is, God, I want you to bless what I'm already doing. That's what I want. I want you to do what I want you to do in the way that I want you to do it. I just want you to come along and just, just, get, just give me a little bump. Come on, just help me along. And so for Mary, maybe she's thinking, you know, this means I'm going to get the amazing wedding gifts that I've been waiting on. I'm going to get the hotel upgrade. I'm so excited about it. God, thank you for your favor. Thank you, Jesus. Or I'm going to have a lot of kids I'm going to get the photographer that, that, I've, that I've always dreamt of having, this photographer at my, at my wedding. And, but in order to walk and step into something better, we're going to have to allow God to disrupt our plans. And so when God gives you his favor, it doesn't mean 
that he's going to come along and just come into alignment with what you're already doing. Many times his favor is, is, comes in the package of a disruption. So in disruptions, though, we, have, we do have options, just so you know. You have options. You can freak out. You can pitch a fit. You can get mad at God. You can stomp around and say, that's not fair, God. What about them? And how come you didn't disrupt their life? Or you can lift your eyes to a good God and to say, Lord, I trust you in the midst of this. And I'm going to believe you that you're going to do something amazing in my life through this disruption. You do have two options. Which is, leads us to the third point today about the disruptions of God. Number three Disruptions are opportunities to experience a miracle. We find this in Luke 1, 31 through 33. And the angel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Okay, wait a minute. You'll conceive a son. Okay, all right, I understand that. Still, I'm a virgin. Wow, that's going to be a miracle. You're to call him Jesus And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Wait a minute. Wow, that's a miracle. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Wow, this is another miracle. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and ever. And his kingdom will never end. This is is miraculous. And this, this disruption was an opportunity for Mary to be able to walk out and experience a miracle. You're going to give birth to a son. He's going to be the savior of the world. Disruptions are opportunities for us to lean into God, to trust God, to not process in our own minds how things are going to work out, but to put our trust in him. Many years ago, there was a book that came out called The Five Love Languages. Great book for couples to read and understand the needs of each other. But as I was reading that, I was, I was just thinking about the Lord. I just asked this question. I said, Lord, what's your love language? And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he said one word, trust. When you trust me, when it doesn't make sense, that makes me feel so loved. When you rest, when you're in the middle of a disruption and you say, Lord, I trust you, that just warms my heart. Disruptions are an opportunity to lean into God. You can only imagine what's running through this teenage girl's mind, her emotions swinging. She's trying to process through all of this. She thought, wow, I've been honored by God to give birth to the Savior of the world. Oh my gosh, wait a minute, what are people going to say? According to the law, getting pregnant outside of wedlock was a sin punishable by death. And then she thinks this, oh my gosh, I've been chosen, chosen by God, i got to tell Joseph. And then she thought, oh, I have to tell Joseph. Two swings. I mean, how, how do you do that? Like, listen, Joseph, it's okay. An angel appeared. I'm pregnant, but it's all right. It's God's baby. It's fine. When God disrupts your plans... He's also, he's inviting you to experience a miracle in your life. He's inviting you to something that maybe you've never even thought of before. And what you're going to discover that when God disrupts your plans, one, the first thing you're going to discover is his plans actually aren't my plans. Now, there's nothing wrong with planning. Nothing at all. 
But you need to know this, that when God disrupts you or when there is a disruption in your life, that you need to say, wait a minute, this is not about me fighting God. This is about me embracing the truth of who he is, which is out of Isaiah 55. This is who God is. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. No matter what's happening, there's going to come a time when you just need to trust God. Lord, I just trust you. And his destiny is going to be so much better than the one that you've mapped out. You can fight him, you can resist him, or you can embrace the disruptions of God and ask him, Lord, I'm preparing my heart for a miracle. That's why Proverbs 16 says this. The mind of a man plans this way. This doesn't say it's wrong to make plans. You should make plans. But the Lord directs his steps. So we make our plans, but then all of a sudden when there's a disruption, when the Lord begins to to direct our steps, you hold on to this promise. God, I, I don't know if this feels right. God, I don't know if I can wrap my head around it. God, I don't think I can understand it. But this is what I know about who you are out of Jeremiah 29. says this, God, I know, or this is God speaking to you, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. So this response of God to the people of Israel was actually when they were doubting God's plans for them. They were doubting that, that actually, God, are, are you really going to work all this together for good? And God says, listen, I know what my plans are for you. You think you know. You think in this disruption, you think that I don't love you. You think that I've given up on you. You think that I don't care about you. Oh, come on. I know the plans that I've created for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen. That's God's plans for you. But the pathway to these plans may not make sense to you. They may be painful. They may feel out of control. They may require faith, repentance, forgiveness, and trust. But the fact is God's ways are always the best ways and most rewarding. We have this family saying in my family, we say this, the right thing is the right thing always, no matter what it costs you. The right thing is the right thing always, no matter what it costs you. The same for following God. God's way is always the best way, no matter what it looks like, and no matter what it costs you. His way is the best. Mary and Joseph, I mean, yeah, but I, I, can we just, can't you just do this another way? And can I just, Mary's thinking, can I just get married? Joseph's thinking, can I just have a wife and have a home? And can't, can't you just do it our way? And the angel says these amazing things. And we, we pick them up in the story. Mary is confronted with the impossibility of what the angel just said. Verse 34 says, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. How can I have a son? I'm a virgin. How can, for you and your own life, how how can God heal your marriage? Because it's so broken. It's impossible is what she's saying. It's impossible. It's physically impossible. 
If you're a follower of Jesus, I guarantee you're going to come to a place where God's going to disrupt your plans or life circumstances. And he's going to put you in a position where you're going to need America. He's going to challenge you. Will you let me disrupt your life to bring forth a miracle in your life? He's going to ask you to have faith in him. And you're going to think the same thing that Mary thought. This is impossible. How can this happen? How can I forgive them after they've hurt me so much? They've betrayed me. They've broken my heart. How are you going to... God, I don't think so, God. And God's wanting to disrupt your calloused hard heart. Or you might think, God, how can you ask me to tithe and trust that you're going to give me back you know, to me and meet my needs. And that's impossible. It doesn't make any sense. Zero sense. It makes zero sense. But God wants to disrupt your financial situation and bring his best in your life. God, I don't, I don't believe you can heal my, heal my marriage. It's impossible, God. So much has been said. So much has been, we, we've just, we've let our hearts go to places they never should have. We picked up so many offenses. So many things that I've done. And God wants to disrupt your broken marriage and bring forth a healing and a miracle. And you're saying just like Mary, it's impossible. God, how can you reconcile my relationships with my children, with my in-laws? How can you reconcile, God, my relationship with my, my church family? God, this thing happened so many years ago, and I, it's just, we're too far gone. We're just going to go to the grave bitter. God wants to disrupt your circumstance and bring forth something that's way better than what you ever thought was possible. God, how can you heal me? The doctor said it was impossible. And God wants to disrupt your situation and bring forth his goodness and his mercy and his peace. This is what we see with Mary. Hang on. How is this possible? It's not going to happen. I'm a virgin. There's no way. But in your doubt, in your fear, I want you to listen to what the angel says to Mary after she just told, uh-uh, not going to happen. I'm a virgin, just so you're aware. That doesn't happen. And you might be thinking today, you know, I know, Jason, that's great. That's good for somebody else. You don't understand. Things are too broken. I'm too hurt. Financial situation is too upside down. And you might think today, it is impossible. But I want you to hear what the angel says to Mary. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. You need to hear this today. No matter what obstacle you're facing, that which is impossible with man is, is absolutely possible with God. You need to know this. God wants to disrupt your impossibility and bring forth something amazing. And we serve a God who is all-knowing. He's all, ever-present. He's all-powerful. And in the midst of whatever you're going through, we can experience the nature of God that he's actually good. All of us in this room are different journeys in our lives, different places. And I'm sure all of us have different impossibilities. How, how this is going to happen, how that's going to happen. But at some point, we're going to have to rest and say, God, I trust you in the midst of this because it is impossible. It's impossible, God, but I'm trusting you that you're wanting to disrupt my life and bring forth something 
amazing. There are areas of our lives that, that we've allowed to go way too far. There are things in our hearts that we've just, we, we've just kind of did our own path. And when God wanted to disrupt, we said, no, this is what I want. But I believe the challenge of this Christmas story and the challenge of, of Mary is what she said to the angel. How she responded to what was impossible in her mind. How she res- responded to what just can't happen in her mind. This is what she said, verse 38. I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. I don't understand it. I know you want to do this in my life. And I want you to know I submit to you. And I give you my life. And may everything that you said and may everything you want be done in my life, may it be done. I am your servant. I will humble myself. I'll put aside all the, all the things that I think must happen or have to take place. I will submit myself to you, God. God, I will give up my right to be right. God, I'll give up my, my, this, this angst in my heart that has almost become my identity and how I, how I protect myself and how I, how I interact with other people because nobody's ever going to take advantage of me ever again. And God, I'm going to submit that to you. I'm going to put on the nature of you, Jesus. I'm going to submit. I'm going to give my life to you. Lord, I'm your servant. May you want for me, whatever you want for me, may it be done in my life. And I will come into alignment with whatever I need to, to walk in the miracle that you have for me. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.